Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Education Insider Podcast. I'm Chris Peeler, the Editorial Director here at PRP, and today I'll be talking with Dr. Jean Kearns. Jean is Vice President and Chief Academic Officer at Renaissance. He's also a third-generation educator who has served as a public school teacher, adjunct faculty member, professional development trainer, district supervisor of academic services, and academic advisor. Today's conversation will be about how educators and companies can help teachers and students accelerate learning during this challenging academic year. So thanks for taking the time to chat with me here today, Gene. And what we're here to talk about is a range of things under the banner of providing information that can help teachers help kids. And I know that Renaissance has done a lot of research and has a number of different types of ways that that can be put together to help teachers help kids. So should we start with focus skills? Sure. That's been a very popular uh, tool. It's something we released. We, we had it before, but it was only for customers. But we chose, as the pandemic hit, to make focus skills available to all teachers for free. And essentially what you can think of them of is a list of the most essential skills for progress in reading and math across all the grade levels. And they are custom built for each state standard. So if you log in, you take a look at Texas, uh, you're going to see focus skills that are derivative of the TEKS standards there. And if you log in in Virginia, you're going to see the SOLs and so forth and so on. Do you have data that you can tell how many people are using them? And maybe the one, one of the most telling things for me was I was at a conference about two weeks ago and a teacher walked up to me and she said, focus skills changed my life. <laughs> I just want to thank you because it helped me, and I think if there's one word you associate with focus skills, it's prioritization. There was never a year, even prior to the pandemic, where we covered all the standards, where we covered all the skills. We are always, as educators, making a decision about what we're going to devote some time to and what might get into the secondary orbit there. And I think with the Focus Skills Resource Center that, that our website uh, gives you links to, it gives you the information you need to make an informed decision about what is really going to matter the most and what can you be a bit more flexible about in terms of your planning. An informed decision and also a, a localized decision, which I think is really important. Yes. Yeah. And that, that's huge because there, there are other companies out there that work and build learning progressions. I mean, that's been a, a movement within the assessment industry is to really, you know, study in depth the different stages and understanding that students make their way through. But as far as I know, we're the only ones that have taken it to the level of granularity that we then specify it to each state. So the beauty of it is if you go to that resource center and you log on, when you see, for example, the math domains down the side, they're the very math domains of your standards. And, you know, it, it's organized in the same way that your standards are. So you can have a copy of your standards in one hand and a resource from Renaissance in the other hand, and you don't need a secret decoder ring to go back and forth. It's organized the same way and with the same headings and, and the same language as much as possible. Yeah, and I feel like we're in a time when everyone supporting educators needs to hand them as much as possible when they sort of hand the baton off that needs to be like the golden baton so that teachers can really run with it. Yeah, I mean, there's a long race to be won. We had this before the pandemic, but it's like the right tool for the right moment because for years we've all been talking about unpacking the standards. A lot of times the unpacking was left to teachers. Well, that's a lot of work to do. We list the focus skills. Now standards 
can contain multiple skills within them. And so what we try to present both there and in our products is things that are discrete, teachable skills, something that can become the basis of an individual lesson because yes, we have to meet the standards, but teachers plan at the skill level. Like what skill am I going to do in the lesson tomorrow morning? So to me, this fits, you know, with the grain size where teachers are, are really focused on where they're operating. Yeah, and I know that there's another adjunct to this, which is trip steps, which I would love to hear yeah. you talk about a little bit as well. That's an interesting one because uh, we do a lot of research as we build these learning progressions. So if you think about, you know, you 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 take the standards and you unpack them, you got a bunch of skills. Well, ideally you want to put those skills in some kind of order, like what's the ideally teachable order. So we get a lot of researchers that we work with, top thinkers about curriculum from across the country, and they work on putting them in what they consider to be the ideally teachable order. And some of this we know, like you got to learn to multiply before you can do, you know, finding the area of something. So, some, you know, some of this is guided. But anyhow, one of the steps we do is once we have it in the order uh, that we think is the best fit, we actually take each skill and we put it in front of students as items in our star assessments. And what emerges is sort of a, you know, a line. If you kind of, you know, access one direction, access another direction, you see a line of best fit going up between the two. And what it, what it reveals is generally, in most cases, each next skill you learn in progression is a little bit harder and a little bit harder and a little bit harder. However... There are some days where you walk into a classroom and the next thing that you should learn, like the next topic in the most logical order is actually really harder than anything that came before it or after it. So, you know, think about when you're little and you start at fractions, you thought they were kind of easy because you're doing like one third plus one third, two thirds. I've got this. Well, after a while, though, you walked into the room and the teacher wrote up on the board one third plus one fifth. Suddenly, you know, you screech to a stop. Game over. It's like a lot harder. So when we talk about trip steps, what we are referencing is within reading and math skills, what are those skills that are disproportionately difficult for kids? They're the next step. But man, oh, man, they're not the same height as most of the other steps along that learning staircase. And how does the resource that Renaissance is offering help kids get over the trip step. Yeah, well, we're, you know, marshalling more and more resources there. So it's it's all in the same place where we see the focus skills. So renaissance.com forward slash focus skills with a dash between those two. Up at the top, you'll see the skills for each state. There's a section that says focus skills by the number and you can play with your state. But if you go right below that, there's a link to the documents for the reading trip steps and the math trip steps. We just released, we just released the, the reading trip steps just a, a couple of weeks ago and the math trip steps were out a few months back. What we're hoping then is that this sort of becomes, again, that theme, prioritization, that this becomes guidance for people to prioritize. So it's not uncommon for me to hear from a superintendent or director of curriculum who says, you know, we only get so many data team meetings and I only have so many instructional specialists. I'm going to use your focus skills and your trip steps to prioritize their work. Why would I ever have my instructional specialist try and support teachers in teaching things to kids that are actually fairly easy for kids to get? I need to find the lessons and the resources that do the very best job at teaching those things that high numbers of kids struggle with. So it's kind of, you know, continuing in that prioritization conversation. Gotcha. Now, as part of this conversation as well, Renaissance does a lot of data gathering because of the 
enormous number of students and enormous yeah. number of assessments that you have access to. Would you like to talk a little bit about how kids are performing and what it has shown us kind of where we are right now and like yeah. how much we might need or not need these you know, trip steps yeah. and focus skills? Yeah, that's been interesting because I mean, because how kids are performing is a phrase, but it's also the name of a series of reports that we did. The the capital capitals with yeah the capital so one. It's how kids are performing exactly. So <laughs> Renaissance.com forward slash performing, you can see those reports there. But um, as you said, we have a lot of assessment data. So in a normal year, <laughs> we can kind of remember what those were like. We were averaging over eighty million star assessments. So kids are taking a lot of assessments for us. So every now and then it's kind of like, you know, having this Oracle that you can pose questions to and get an answer. So every now and then we get these research questions such as to what degree has the pandemic disrupted learning? And so that's the series of reports we've done. We did three last year. We just put out one this year that looked at growth and performance during the first half of this year. At a broad brushstroke, I'd say a couple of things. One, math has been far more impacted than reading, and that's been pretty consistent the whole way through. Kids were continuing to go a little bit lower and a little bit lower and a little bit lower, particularly through last year, because we had so many disruptions with all the, you know, school closures. This year's been better, and we could see that in the data. So this year, it's mixed news, but it's the first time that there's been really some good news. So here's, here's the mixed news. Kids are performing a little bit lower than the same groups of kids are from previous year. In other words, this year's third grade is a little, or started this year a little bit behind where last year's third grade was. And I don't think anybody's shocked by that because you know everything's been so disrupted. But here's the good news. From the fall to the winter of this year, generally speaking across both reading and math and across all the grade levels that we explored in this last round, which was K to 12, generally speaking in most grade levels, kids grew more during the first half of this school year than they grew during the first half of last school year. So in, in some grades, we're actually back to pre-pandemic levels of growth. It hadn't mean we caught up on the performance yet, but we're, we're back to doing a very legitimate job in serving kids and growing them at a fairly typical rate this year. So that's a good distinction there, that the growth is growing. Yeah. Another way of saying it is growth has recovered. Okay. Perform performance has not. So, you yeah. know, this year's third graders are growing at a nice rate, but for the last two years of school, their performance levels were dropping. They weren't covering as much. So they came in behind. They're growing nicely now, but we're getting pretty typical rates of growth mm -hmm. to make those changes in performance diminish, go away we're going to need above typical rates of growth. So that that's where we're all trying to focus again. How can we prioritize and focus our attention so we can help kids move faster? Because unless they move faster, these changes of performance are going to linger with them for a long period of time. And what are the ways that you're helping teachers accelerate uh, growth? And also some of the people who listen to this podcast are people from other companies. Sure. And how can they learn from what you've learned to help students get that little bit of acceleration that they need to catch back up? Well, a couple of things. We, we love partners at Renaissance. So, so we like to talk about our open ecosystem. So we welcome tools that then get aligned to our skills and our learning progression. So for example, if you're in our star assessments, we point to resources from all kinds of other vendors out there or our Nearpod product. You know, you can get lessons from all the partners. We just, at our core belief, we believe that kids learn better when companies work together. 
And so for those of you who are from other companies, we, we welcome partnerships working with you, aligning your content to let it be operationalized uh, in our system. We've already mentioned, you know, we gave away the focus skills. We gave away the trip steps there. These are all things that I think are the right tools at the right moment. And, and, the, and the reason that I think particularly with focus skills, there's so much dialogue out there around accelerated learning as an instructional practice. And, you know, we can go through what that is, but those of you that know it, you know that to operationalize it, you okay, need to- Okay, I'm going to interrupt you. Yeah. What is accelerated learning? All right, we'll do a quick review there. So <laughs> accelerated learning, think about it as the opposite to remediation. So let's talk about kids who are behind. Okay, so I'm in third grade, performing the first grade level, eighth grade, sixth grade, whatever dynamic you want to think about. Generally speaking, we say, well, we'll, we'll intervene and we'll remediate. And, and in my mind, remediate means I'll meet you where you are and work to move you ahead from there. Well, that's pretty good. But the problem is usually when we remediate, if I you know, do intervention for two months, you grow two months, but the expectations grew two months as well. So you're not closer to where you need it to be. So what accelerated learning says is, whoa, 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 don't just remediate with kids. Begin by thinking about what the grade level expectations are. So like if I'm your you know, seventh grade math teacher and we're doing a unit on geometry, my goal is to get you to grade level performance in geometry right now, which means that everything that I'm going to review must be related to that unit that I'm teaching. So I'm not going to review other math concepts that don't relate to the grade level unit we're doing right now. So uh, it narrows the focus and it basically says you can do off grade level work with kids. You can go back to previous grade levels, but only go back and review those things that are absolutely essential and those things that relate to the grade level unit that we are doing right now in this moment. So it keeps it, it never lets you take that grade level perspective out of the windshield. You, you, you've always got to be looking at, you know, where you're going through that lens. So when you talk about prioritization, it's prioritizing grade level skills as a way to keep the process moving forward. Yeah, there's some, there's a great graphic. Anybody that's listening, just Google deciding what to teach, here's how. And the number one hit you're going to get is this awesome infographic that the editors of EdWeek did. It is a perfect visualization of the planning process that a teacher would use to accelerate learning. And let me tell you two things you're gonna find and how to get the answers to them. As you make your way through the workflow that they present there, they're constantly saying, you need to know what the most important skills are at the grade level, and you need to know what the prerequisites are to those. That is exactly the information that we have available at that Focus Skills Resource Center. Because it tells you at each grade level, here's what you've got to cover. These are the absolutely essential things. And then there's an ability to go back to previous grade levels. It's even color-coded. So if I'm just using a color here. So if geometry is green in your state, you can go back and look for the green from the previous grade level. And it's going to show you the focus skills from the previous grade level. And the way I think about focus skills are if you get everything uh, or if you get every focus skill of fifth grade, you're ready for everything that's coming at you at sixth grade. And if you get all the focus skills there, you're ready for seven. And so it, that makes that resource center the perfect tool to fit hand in glove with what people are doing around this whole accelerated learning approach. Excellent. And one of the things you were talking about earlier was that math has suffered more than reading. I'd be interested to hear if you have thoughts on why, and also to connect that to 
what other companies might be able to do, like math providers specifically. What, what can they do to help catch students up or accelerate learning or whatever we want to call it? Yeah. You know, I, I, everybody asks why. And of course, the How Kids Are Pouring reports, we can't prove causality. So I, I can't say that we have research, but here's a couple of things. One, I think it makes sense that math was more impacted because like Steven Pinker at MIT said years ago, math is ruthlessly cumulative. Like if you miss something along the way, it's just the sequential skill interdependent nature of mathematics. And so math- Yeah, it's you know, like your example when you said you can't find an area if you don't know how to multiply. Yeah, I mean, you've got these these essential pieces. If you don't get them, and, and you know, and I like that he didn't say that math was just cumulative. He was ruthlessly cumulative. I mean, she's going to cut you down. Uh, but here's <laughs> another interesting dynamic. So I think math, by its very sequential skill interdependent nature, uh, was exposed to being impacted by all this. We mentioned those trip steps earlier, Chris. Like, you know, what what are the disproportionately difficult skills, and where are they? Had we known two years ago, we could have used the trip steps to predict the grades that would be the most impacted, like the grades that had the most learning loss, because what we found is the learning loss, you know, the, the staggering elements of it tends to line up pretty well with where those trip steps are, which then makes sense. If you had a lot of things to learn that were really hard, and then the conditions under which you were learning them were very disrupted, you can see where you end up. But there is one, one other piece here in the last round of how kids are performing we began to see some really alarming drops in performance with early grades readers and if you think about it there's still this theme skills that you must learn math the whole way through skills you gotta learn you gotta have a teacher there to help you with that early grades reading phonemic awareness phonics again things that require a teacher's you know, involvement in the process versus things you can kind of learn on your own or, you know, a wide independent reading keeps kids, you know, really engaged with literacy development, vocabulary and background knowledge. They can learn that they can self-teach much more on their own than in math as a general or in early grades reading as a particular area of literacy development. And when you say early grades, is that like kindergarten through two or is it where? Is yeah, it? generally, the biggest drops we saw were kindergarten up to two. You have to draw a line somewhere. And when I was kind of eyeballing the data there, to me, it was, you know, kindergarten one up into two. Even three had a, you know, a appreciable gap, but it was a much, it's kind of a big jump by the time you went to, to second grade. So K, one and two. And again, that lines up with those foundational skills that you cannot learn on your own somebody has to help you with and again these kids it's all been you know so disrupted they're trying to learn those very you know specific skills and the more the conditions under which they were learning them were disrupted you can see where we end up or how we end up here yeah absolutely and i want to try to wrap in one more resource here which is the what kids are reading report yeah was there anything in there that that illuminated that gap in early readers or that illuminated some other things that that other companies and teachers might need to know about? Well, that that report goes way back. So we've been doing that for a number of years. So we look at what kids are taking book quizzes on through Accelerator Reader, what kids are actually accessing through our Myon digital library. And, and basically, you know, as the title suggests, what are kids reading? And um, early on, we found some good news in there. I mean, kids, kids comprehension rates remain pretty high. It's not like they dropped off all that much. But again, that was older readers. So, you know, it's these early readers that seem to be the most exposed on the math side. Once you kind of 
get past what I call the mechanics of reading, like associating letters and sounds. And, you know, one author wrote, if we teach you to associate letters and sounds, you can, you know, you can sound out 80% of the words in the language. I mean, that is, you know, really good start. Once you get past learning the mechanics of reading, you can continue to develop your own literacy development just by reading widely every day. And so that's a relatively easy thing to facilitate while kids are away from school. So, you know, those older kids, if we could just keep them with some text in their hands and reading something, they could continue to grow. Unlike those kindergartners, first graders, and second graders who weren't there yet and, and who needed those really essential lessons. And again, for whom the delivery of this was, was all so disrupted. It, it again, that, that was just, that was the area where kids were the most exposed for the impacts of everything that's gone on lately. Yeah, I feel like that step of learning to read is a big trip step, you know, making that leap from maybe knowing a couple letters to being able to read a sentence. Yeah, and if you look at two things, one, what grade levels have the most focus skills? K and one in reading uh, by a long, long shot. I mean, there are some states where you've got 53 focus skills in kindergarten or first grade. Wow. So they have both the quantity and the difficulty. So it, it's not the, the most technical turn, but the trippiest trip step in reading <laughs> is actually found in kindergarten. And I won't paraphrase it right because I don't have it right in front of me, but it is the ability to change vowel sounds in the middle of a word. You know, when in the middle of the word, it's harder for kids. Vowel sounds are tough. So again, you're talking about with reading K and one and into two to some degree, the most high concentration of really essential skills. And within that concentration, some skills that are just really, really hard. There are some other trip steps later on seventh grade. Oh, God bless the seventh grade teacher. They got a lot of, <laughs> got a lot of trippy stuff for both reading and math, but as a general rule of thumb, it's some of those early grades where there's just a lot going on. So here we are in our, third, is it the third year, I guess, that's been affected by the pandemic? Isn't it crazy that we have to, I mean, yeah, longer, longer than we ever would have thought or hoped. Yeah. So as you look forward through the end of this year and towards the beginning of next school year, what have you learned that you think maybe other companies can learn from about how to support today's teachers and today's students who are facing pressures that are, to use a word that's been overused, but I'm going to use it again, unprecedented. What's the popular word? I think it's about just helping people prioritize. I think that's, that is why so many people have responded to this focus skills resources. You know, they, they've said, I just, too much to do, man. And, and that's why the teacher came up to me and said, it changed my life. She said, it gave me focus. So we again hear from people again and again, they're saying, we're only going to talk about focus skills in our data team meetings. My instructional specialists are only going to support people with focus skills or trip steps. It focuses you, you know, and that's why we called them focus skills. It focuses your attention on those things that are going to make the biggest difference. So again, I would encourage, you know, school leaders to visit that, to think about prioritization and folks from other companies, go to our website, look at our skills. We would love to work with you to align the things that you are working with schools on supporting with them to these skills because 
that's where we're going to accelerate kids learning. And, you know, I said accelerated learning, that's the new approach. It's, you know, it's in the literature, it's in all the plans. But if you read our company mission 35 years ago, it said our mission is to accelerate the learning of all children and adults of all abilities worldwide. So, man, we, we were, <laughs> we perked up whenever I started talking about accelerated learning. That's like, that's what we do. But the way to do that is to prioritize. Prioritize, give people areas where to focus. They they respond to that because, you know, we can't do everything. But if I can tell people this is this is what's going to matter the most, you can just see the stress and the weight being lifted off. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat. And oh, thank you. Is there anything else? Do you have any any other thoughts to to share that? I feel like that was well, a pretty strong closing statement, but I wanted to give you a chance. Well, I, again, I think the good news is growth is recovering. So, uh, you know, that, that's, and, and kudos to the teachers. I mean, we had not one, but two variants this year, and, and we've still managed pretty legitimate growth. Our work now turns to accelerating things so that we can make performance begin to recover. Like I said, we're, we're, we're back to legitimate growth. Let's all work together. Let's share the resources. Let's focus our attention so that we can begin the journey of recovery of performance as well. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Thank you so much, Gene, for taking the time to chat. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Education Insider, and please do tune in next time. And if you or someone you know should be on this podcast, you can just contact us at prp.group and we would love to chat.